of the event to sell the story. Pete didn't actually know that much about animals. He'd recently stated on live television that the primary food source for coyotes was roadrunners. But he knew how to work the media. Instead of getting the public excited about the exact day the panda would arrive, he made the whole thing a huge mystery. Li Ping was coming, but when? He advertised on billboards, TV, and radio stations around the country. The first person to see Li Ping the panda could be you. It worked like gangbusters. The story trended on every social media platform. Guests flocked to Fun Jungle, hoping they might be lucky enough to be there the day the panda arrived. Of course, J.J. and Pete had known the exact delivery date all along. It had all been planned out months ahead of time with the rigor of the D-Day invasion. The idea was to have Li Ping arrive in late April so that she would grab even more media attention, diverting tourists from other theme parks like Disney World or Universal Studios and enticing them to plan their summer vacations at Fun Jungle. But up until that moment, everything was supposed to be shrouded in secrecy. Almost no one was told the actual arrival date. Even summer was kept in the dark. She had only learned the night before, then promptly called me to share the news. Li Ping was being shipped to Fun Jungle from the San Diego Zoo, where she'd been born, in a custom-made, climate-controlled semi-truck. A male panda, Shen Zhu, would be flown out from China later in the summer with the hope that they'd breed. Originally, Pete had hoped to make an event of Li Ping's transit across the country. He'd wanted to christen the truck the Panda Express, splash Li Ping's picture all over it, and have it stop for photo ops in every town along the way. But J.J., fearing disaster, had made him scrap all that. Li Ping's delivery was to be far more clandestine. The truck was specially designed for the panda on the inside, but on the outside it was made to look like every other truck on the highway, a bland, easy-to-ignore gray. However, it was now evident that all attempts at secrecy had failed. Word had gotten out, and the panda fanatics had arrived in full force. When Fun Jungle had displayed a koala the previous winter, I'd been surprised by how many fans those animals had. But that was nothing compared to how crazy people were for pandas. Pandas, it seemed, were the rock stars of the animal world, right down to having groupies. The people who worked at Fun Jungle had already taken to calling them panda maniacs. Maybe it was because pandas were cute. Maybe it was because they were rare. Probably it was a combination of the two. Whatever the case... Panda fans were more intense than those for any other animal. For starters, they dressed up. Almost everyone gathered outside the front gates had worn a combination of black and white. Many were merely in panda-themed t-shirts, but a surprising number wore panda costumes or had painted their faces. Almost everyone had a set of Li Ping ears, which had been available for purchase at Fun Jungle for weeks. They were quite similar to the Mickey Mouse ears at Disney World, except the ears themselves were a lot smaller, which allowed J.J. McCracken to avoid accusations of copyright infringement and save on production costs. Instead of looking like a large group of pandas, however, the big mass of black and white really looked more like an Antarctic penguin colony. Meanwhile, the press had come out in full force as well. News trucks from every local TV station, along with a few national ones, were parked outside the gates, cameras at the ready. Inside the park, at the far edge of the entry plaza, stood a much smaller, considerably less enthusiastic contingent of people. J.J. McCracken was there, 
in his customary jeans and cowboy boots, looking infuriated about the crowds. Pete Thwacker stood beside him, dressed in a fancy three-piece suit. Then came Chief Honecker, Fun Jungle's head of security, in a freshly starched khaki outfit that looked more like something a five-star general might wear. After that came my father, ready to document the panda's arrival with three separate cameras, two digital SLRs and one video recorder, dangling from straps around his neck. The last person was Mom, who was helping Dad out that morning, with two camera bags slung over her shoulder. She and Dad were the only ones in the group who'd had the sense to wear shorts and T-shirts in the heat. It'd be bad enough to have all the panda freaks out there, J.J. was grumbling as Summer and I arrived. But how the heck did all the news stations get wind of this? What holy idiot tipped them off? Uh, Pete squeaked, looking embarrassed. J.J. wheeled on him. He was nearly a foot shorter than Pete, even with...